There we go. Mike Zahn, Tim Kiefer, MIBTOnline.com. How you guys doing today? We are live here for our April off-season football meeting. It's been a little while since we've talked, but guess what? We're here to talk some football. I appreciate everybody taking some time to join us tonight. And if you're joining us live, great. We're going to have the chat. We're going to have Robert with us. We're going to have Bill with us. So you can utilize the chat. You can utilize the text. We'll get those numbers up here as soon as we can. But I want to, it's one of those things where right now nobody's really thinking football. I guess they do have spring football in some, some uh, states like Alabama. Uh, they actually have spring football here in Nevada, like Little League or Pee Wee football, which is, you know, whatever. I know some people are doing uh, some spring stuff for colleges and stuff. So we got some football going on, but it's nice to take some time on a Wednesday night in the middle of April, 420 day for all those who partake. Um, anyway, so let's bring in our, uh, our lovely panel friends that we have. Robert Ybarra. Robert's direct from Ireland. Well, he's not in Ireland, but he was in Ireland. Robert, how are you? I'm doing great, Tim. And uh, I was so excited when I woke up this morning, which was you know about 1 a.m. back in Dublin, Ireland. Uh, coming off my Guinness high and uh, said, hey, we got MIB tonight, MIBT tonight to talk some football. So thank you for hosting. Yes, we do. We have MIBT coming to you tonight. So I appreciate you taking the time and getting here, though, because I know it could be kind of rough. But we also have our friend, Mr. Bill Lemagne, who is going to tell us what that is in the background. Bill, what, what's in your background there? That's uh, League Football of uh, Mexico. Um it's a professional league down there. Our friend Mario Matas is one of the officials and the coordinator of officials uh, for this professional league down there. And they're actually playing their spring season now. Uh, I've had a chance to watch a couple games for Mario. And I'm actually heading down there to, to uh, watch him work the uh, championship game, which will be in two weeks down in uh, Tijuana. Ah, TJ, as uh, those of us who were in the military once used to call that. You got to be careful down there, Bill. Got to be careful. You don't want to eat some bad tacos. How about that? You don't want to eat some bad tacos down there. So be, be, be very uh, careful. Watch what I eat carefully. I've been to Mexico probably <laughs> seven, eight times, different parts of the country. Always had a great time down there. And, um, but, yeah, I kind of careful with the tacos. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, so – Let's get to uh, let's get to our meeting tonight. We're looking forward to a good one. I'm going to put up the uh, the uh, text number for everybody. But before you do that, you know this is whoa. That, you know, we already did that. This is who I am. You want to see me, Tim Kiefer? There, that's who I am. So I'm going to put the text number on now. There's the text number. So please feel free to go ahead and text us, and that way we can uh, hear what you have to say. If you have any questions or comments or anything like that. We do try to make this interactive. So here is what we're doing tonight. So for those of you, it's what's the rule? What does that mean? We'll get to that in a minute. But uh, we're going to have our announcements as we normally do. Rule submissions, I'll talk about that here in a moment. Video review, uh, that's what we always do here. That's a lot of fun. So here are our announcements. BL's best practices update. So Bill Amani's best practice of high school football officiating will be available probably on May 15th or maybe before. If you are a subscriber here, 
don't worry, it's going to be there. And it's, we're going to have it split up in little clips for everybody to make it easier for you to access the plays. We may have a sneak peek tonight. I thought I was going to get one to work, but we'll see if, it, if I can do that maybe at the end of the, our meeting. We'll see if we get a sneak peek. Either way, it is coming out. So our website update. We've been going through some changes on our website, some updates. We're doing some things. Thank you for being patient with us uh, on that. But if you ever have any issues or anything like that, you can always uh, email uh, myself or, uh, or Leah, who is uh, my wife, and she's also the uh, office manager of MIBT Online. So any issues with that. But just to give you an update, there's going to be some changes, uh, hopefully some some, uh, I want to say, better uh, streamlined stuff and make it a little bit easier. We're going to have search bars on all of our sports pages. So you'll be able to search for a specific video instead of having to go through more hours and hours of videos. And we're going to try to break them up, like I said, in a little clip. So you just do a search and boom, now you got something to look at. Uh, our courses, hey, I want to let everybody know we have a free course on there right now. We got lots, we got our uh, Sam Holbrook course, which uh, is there. If you want the videos from that, the baseball, if you happen to be a baseball person, the course costs 29 bucks, but don't worry, you can get all the videos are on the baseball page. So you don't have to go do that. But we have a, a softball and a baseball clinic for Illinois officials, certified clinic. Once again, all that material is there, so you don't have to worry about it as a subscriber. But we have an intro to football, or actually not into football, it's just intro to officiating course. It's free, 100% free. So guys like, I think, Brian Hoskins from Alaska who's out there who runs state associations, if you've got somebody you know that wants to know what it, about being official, an official, being doing officiating, whatnot, it's a free, like, five to ten minute course, and it'll give you the rundown on how it is to be an official. Now, we're all officials out here for, for the most part, so we don't need it, but maybe you know somebody. We're all about recruiting right now. We need to get new officials in this you know, thing, whether it's football, basketball, baseball, softball, volleyball, soccer, lacrosse, I don't care. We need officials. So go ahead and, and send them there, mibtonline.com slash courses. It's a free course, 100% free. They have to create a free profile, and they can take the course, not a problem. Um, so just let, I want everybody to know that's out there. Tell your friends. Tell your people, you know, your, your coworkers or whatever, if they want to know what you do. Our annual football clinic, it's uh, tentatively scheduled right now August 10th, 5.30 p.m. Central and 9 p.m. Central. So mark your calendars. Wednesday, August 10th, we're going to be doing our football clinic. That's when we usually kind of kick off our preseason meetings, so you don't want to miss that. Uh, Out West Officials, for those of you who don't know, Out West Officials is a company that uh, supplies, you know, kind of like Honings or, or, uh, or um, Jerry Davis or whatever, we're partnering with them. So they're going to be giving us a discount code for all you subscribers. You're going to get a discount code. I'm not, I think it's going to be 10% off. We'll have that to you. So you can order from them. We're all supposed to be getting one from Honings, waiting for that as well. So we should have a couple of discount codes. We're trying to give you, as your, for your subscribers, some more benefits in regards to what you can get as being a member or a subscriber here at MIBT. A merch update. Either Honings or Out West Official is going to help us with our merch. So we should have a little bit more merchandise available soon if you're interested. Volleyball Clinic is coming late summer for you volleyball officials, or if you know any volleyball officials, we were going to have a volleyball clinic. We also have a basketball clinic in the works as well. So uh, just know that we got basketball coming your way. And finally, we had over 300 plus officials do our baseball and softball clinics. A lot of people are subscribers like yourselves. Other people are just people who decided to do it. So that is a great tool 
for officials. It's a great ability to be able to get, like for Illinois guys, to be able to get certified, get a certified clinic and get your promotion or, or get your playoff points or whatever it might be. We're working on that across the country. We're going to try to get other states on board with us. We're going to be at the NASO Summit. We're going to try to make your subscription here at MIBTonline.com go even further than it does. So just want to let everybody know about that. All right, so let's get to our, our thing tonight. So misapplied rules. So this is what I'm asking for, okay? We screw up rules all the time as officials. We do. We don't want to. It happens. It's one of those things that we try to avoid. That's why we're here, to learn the rules. But it just, sometimes we screw them up. So I'm asking you, there's my email, tim at mibtmedia.com. Email me the top five misapplied rules. Now, obviously, it's a football meeting, so the top five misapplied football rules would be great. But if you have any other rules, other sports, if you happen to do that, we're going to start doing this for all the sports. So just email me the top five misapplied rules. Just rank them, you know, how you think. And now, now, remember, this is not misapplied or screwed up rules by the fans. Like, you know, the quarterback out of the pocket thing, which we don't have anymore. That's screwed up. No, I don't want that. I want us as officials. What do we screw up the most? What are things that we, we screw up? I mean, I'll, get, I'll share a story with you quickly. I was doing a scrimmage this past weekend, and there was a group of officials, and one guy was talking about when you have a free kick, the receiving team is restricted from blocking, just like the kicking team is restricted from blocking until the ball goes 10 yards. And I was like, what? And nobody said anything. I finally said something. But in the, in the end, somebody misapplied it. They, they put two and two together and got, and got eight instead of four or whatever. So there, it happens. I'm not trying to be critical because football rule book is one of the most complicated rule books out there, period. End of discussion. So exceptions of exceptions of exceptions can sometimes send us down the wrong path. But email me your top five misapplied rules. And starting, like I think, next month or the month after, we're going to start doing one of these rules a meeting and break it down so that way it's fresh in our heads and somebody can say, get, gets out on the field and goes, oh, I remember MIB talked about that. I'm going to get that one right. All right, so that's that. And uh, so now let's, uh, let's go to the video. Um, that's what we're here to do. Everybody seems to like video, which is good. So I got some plays. We got about four plays or so to go through tonight. Let me, uh, let me get them up here, get to the, get to the first play. Um, but before I do that, I'm going to throw things over to, uh, to Robert real quick. Robert, you know, looking at, uh, you know, we talk about misapplied rules. I mean, that's a good topic because we have screwed up rules before. I mean, you and I have screwed up rules. I mean, start, especially starting out, I mean, it's not something we want to do, but it's something that happens. So, I mean, have you ever had an experience where obviously where a rule was misapplied, you thought you were doing it correctly and ended up not doing it right? Yeah, for certain, especially being an assigner and uh, watching different crews work different games in, in the conference that I sign and, and to see the same rule being misapplied over and over as an example. And I think it's just uh, an air due officials watching different levels, whether it be collegiate and NFL. But when we have a field, a missed field goal attempt and the, the ball breaks the plane of the goal line, and it's a missed field goal, for some reason, crews are bringing the ball back to where it was originally snapped. Yeah. And I'm thinking, what the heck are you doing? But needless to say, I, I, uh, I would put that on one of the top five most misapplied rules. 
Yeah, I mean, you're right. There's, I mean, and one we saw for a while, which I think we finally gotten corrected, was when the ball gets kicked out of bounds on a free kick, and they want to go 35 plus, you know, five. You know, they oh, want to go to the 35 plus five, which is really 25 in the previous. Uh, you know, so I mean, it's there. There's there's a list. I, I just kind of wanted to give you. That's what we're talking about. A little taste of what we're talking about. So I'm looking forward to seeing what we got there. All right. So let's. Uh, Let's go to our, uh, let's go to our, let me get this up here. Give me one second. We're going to try to go to our video and hopefully we can get that video up. All right. I think we're good to go now. All right. So there are, we're going to wide on this. So I want, this is a, this is a potential DPI play. And this is also sent in by our friend Mike from Pennsylvania. So I appreciate that. But Every single time we go through things like this, we go through a play, what I always like to do is to kind of make sure that we're doing the right thing in regards to what are we looking at, okay? Because that's what's going to, in many aspects, put us in the right position to officiate and actually pick up on things that maybe you know, if whether it was DPI, block in the back, whatever it might, it will put us in the, in the best position to look at things. So looking at this play, we have, now I think there were seven officials on this game, but I'm not, I'm not gonna concern myself with that. We need to take a look at what our keys are and who's looking at what. And we talk about this a lot, but I just think it's important to go over every once in a while when we're looking at plays. So on this play, we've got trips here to the line judge's side. Pretty easy to see. You've got one receiver up here to the top. Pretty easy to see as well. All right, so that's, that's so we know where our receivers are, but we also have what I call the, the sneaky receiver, the back. A lot of times we forget about the back coming out because we look at it as, a, you know, how we're, we're, you know, taking our processes going through play by play. We forget that the back is an eligible receiver and can flood your zone. He can create havoc. So don't forget about the back. So there's our five receivers. Because if you think about it, you're really only going to have five receivers ever eligible on a play in any given time. I guess you can argue the quarterback is too, but still, you're only going to ever have five out there. So now we know where our trips are. So we're going to talk about what we're going to look at. And we do this a lot, but it's just important to kind of remember that as our line judge, depending on how your crew do, does it, sometimes the line judge will take this guy and then the back judge will come across and take the two inside receivers here. Sometimes the back judge will take the outside receiver because it's the end. So the end's right here and sometimes the back judge will come over here and then the line of scrimmage official will have to pick up these two or, or at least the inside receiver as the back judge will once again have to pick up more than what they normally would pick up with, since this is a trips formation. And obviously on this side up here at the top, we know that our head linesman is gonna have this engagement right here. But you know what? In the end, at this particular point, none of this really matters. And why it doesn't matter is because you don't really see any competitive matchups. And that's the important thing to remember is that we're looking for play for 
engagements to officiate. Going back to this, in the end, you know, you're looking at it and you're saying, where are my engagements? Where are my engagements to officiate? Well, you've got this right here, maybe. You got this, look how much space we got here. We got a lot of space between these players. So ultimately, what's going to end up happening is that once this ball is snapped, we're going to go to zone pretty quickly. We're going to go to zone because we're not going to have anything to officiate right off the ball. Once again, like I said, we've got these three receivers over here. We're going to let this play out. Here we go. You can see they all run out into the pattern. Now your back does stay in. So that's kind of good. Your back is going to stay in, so you're not going to have to worry about him coming out, but he might sneak out there later. That's the other thing is that in the end, the back sometimes block, but now they go out to the pattern. You can see he's kind of sneaking out this way right here. That can create an issue if you've decided to give up on this. Now, maybe not on this play because of the way the quarterback is rolling, but I wanted to show this play because with our new rule coming in, in, you know, with the, uh, with the new rule having the quarterback out of the pocket, it was important to show a play where this could change our mechanics and how we cover this because I know people are, are a little nervous about that moving forward. So it's not that hard though because you just have to officiate the play because what happens is, is the quarterback drops back straight back and everybody's running out into the zone. Now, obviously our, our, our short wings or our officials here are holding because there is seven, but it doesn't matter. They should be holding whether there's seven officials or not because there's really nothing to officiate downfield. Everything is right here. So there's really no reason for them to go downfield at this time. So now, but you do see our, our headlinesman kind of sneaking down. I'm going to get to that here in a minute because there is something about that that I want to discuss. But let's let this one play out. So now you got a couple of people running deep over the top. Now our quarterback is out of the tackle box or out of the free blocking zone, as we're going to call it, in high school. So now the question is, what can he do with the ball? He can throw. He can dump that, he can dump that ball now. But what, we've got some restrictions. Does it, the ball need to get back to the line of scrimmage? You know, is, uh, what's, is he out of that free blocking zone, which that's going to be up to the referee. So we've got a couple things in play, but here's the thing is our, our line judge has got to hold. Why does our line just have to hold? Now you're going to be, be like, Tim, look at all these guys downfield. I've got, I've got this receiver downfield. I've got this receiver downfield. He's got to, well, who's going to be looking at that? If this, this line judge doesn't start flowing down this field, who's going to be looking at this? In the end, it's a zone. We're zoned up. Key zone ball. So if our line judge starts to abandon the line of scrimmage and move down, we've got this receiver right here. So if he moves down, puts himself here, now he's potentially ruined his angle here because he's too close if the guy dumps it off here. Or if this quarterback then decides to tuck and run, now his knees are in jeopardy because he's going to be part of the play instead, uh, instead of officiating the play. So his position is good. So now if what happens if this quarterback decides to throw the ball away, 
he's going to know whether the ball got back to the line of scrimmage or not. Here's the other thing that I want to the um, you know wings to be aware of. Yeah, the umpire, we, we put that, especially in a five-person crew and as well as in high school, they're kind of primary for that ineligible downfield. We have a potential ineligible downfield, and it's right here. It's right there. And I'm not saying that this person is downfield. I don't want you to get me, you know, get confused there. But it's a potential downfield because he does. He releases, and he does engage. So he's, he is definitely within the zone. He's not a problem, but he could be a problem. Who's going to know if he's a problem or not? I contend that the backside wing, because our umpire a lot of times is not in a good position to rule whether they're downfield or not. I contend that the backside wing is going to get a great view of this because what else are they doing right now? They could go to that two-yard, three-yard belt. It's, two, it's extended, the expanded neutral zone is two yards, but sometimes we give them an extra step or two just depending on what's going on. But they can get a perfect read on that, and they're going to know if that lineman's downfield. They can also come back and help on the line of scrimmage, knowing whether the quarterback throws the ball, gets it back there or not, if this official, by some chance, is taken out of the play or has to retreat based off of the action of the play. You always got this backup. Even with five, like I said, they've got seven. Who cares? With the five officials, this, is, this can easily be covered. And... What ends up happening is the quarterback, which is rare, he throws back across the grain. He comes back across the grain to the middle, and then there's kind of a jump ball, and our deep over here throws DPI for what I don't know. But in the end, it doesn't matter if those officials are there or not. We've got a back judge who would be here, and they can help this one over the top. The other thing I want to point out, because we do hear this a lot, is that officials think they, they got to get down. They have to get there because how are they going to rule on it? So if you're this line of scrimmage official right here, I want you to just kind of count. Let's, we're going to count in our heads. So the ball's in the air. 1-1,000, 2 So you can cut a lot of that distance. Get yourself in an angle to help out because your back judge is going to come over here. You can get this angle and you can have this completely surrounded. You just need to lock yourself in once the ball comes back in your peripheral. You'll cut about 15, you know, you'll make this, you'll be about 15, 20 yards behind this. But that's okay. You can still see it. It's still fine. You're still good. So I think a lot of times, that was important for me to walk through and it was very wordy. But it's very important because I want to remind everybody, I don't want people to, to get nervous about this new pending uh, rule and mechanics and what might take place because of that. It is easy, it's, it's easy to officiate. Well, I guess easy isn't the right word. It's, we're capable to officiate it if we, if we use sound philosophy and sound mechanics. We can put ourselves in, the, in a position to officiate the best possible, even in situations where we have five, four or five receivers out there. So Robert, I'm gonna throw it to you. Um, you know, as being a back judge, you've seen this, you know head on a swivel, you know you have to move from one zone to the other. Talk a little bit about that from your experience and that the fact that if we have sound mechanics, this isn't that big of a deal. We just have to put ourselves in the right place. Yeah, me mechanics is actually the, the, you know, the, the, the secret sauce because having good spacing, enabling yourself to have a good wide angle 
to to have the peripheral vision of knowing of what you you need to have uh, uh, your focus with, and and it does shift from moment to moment throughout the play as it evolves. Just like you said, starting from the key, you know, the back judge is going to take, at least on the crew I work in the state of Illinois clinician, uh, you know, best practices is you take the widest official on the strength of the formation. In this case, since it's trips, you'll take the widest two. But as you it pointed out, uh, the widest of, uh, receiver, eligible receiver, actually goes only about four yards and then comes back with a hook. So that made it really easy for the back judge to key in on the two receivers going deep. That was that was not an issue whatsoever. The wing, though, the line judge has to recognize that and say, okay, even though that's not my key, I got to remain at home because I have a potential runner. Yes, I got a potential receiver in my zone. And uh, then once you see the release, now we can let our eyes breathe out because the quarterback in high school football is going to take three to five seconds to release that ball. They're going to they're going to do it and they're going to telegraph for more, more often than not on where they're throwing. In this case, this quarterback does all the above telegraphs exactly where he's going to throw points his helmet exactly where he's going to throw. And then that gives us good indicators on where we need to put our focus on. And then now let the play jump out at you. There's nothing we have to seek and find. We don't have to seek and find any pass interference. It should jump out uh, knowing who your keys are going to the zone and then recognizing where the ball's at. You know, you, you know, in, in, in that regard, you know, we, we should be very confident and comfortable on uh, making judgment calls if there happens to be a foul infraction that we have to go get. But um, anyhow, that's that's how I look at it, Tim. So like you said, mechanically, knowing our responsibilities, having good white positioning and then using our peripheral vision in, in, or, in order to see where we need to see. No, I think that's 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 key, the peripheral vision and also just understanding where we're at on our mechanics and what we're looking at. Now, Bill, I think one of the things that you and I have talked about many times is that sometimes officials get, mechanics are there, but mechanics are a guide because the play is gonna determine how we utilize those mechanics. And I think sometimes when we say like keys, like, oh, I got number two receiver, and you take that number two receiver, and then all of a sudden number one receiver right in front of you get decked, and you don't see it, go, oh, I got number two. But I think we have to find that balance to be able to take the mechanics, but then also officiate the play. And a lot of times we forget that. Would you agree? Yeah, I mean, we've said it a million times. You, you move with a move with a purpose. Um, and, they, and the thing is, you know, you do start out with a key, but a key only is what you put in the door to unlock it. Uh, once the door is unlocked and you, and you grab the handle and you open the door, you got a big room in front of you. So yeah. you've got to switch to switch from a key to zone. And then if you and I, it's our zone, then who's got the best angle for uh, what's happening with the play? No, and I, you're absolutely right. And that's where I was, you know, the point I'm trying to make, and I'm sure we're all trying to make is that officiate the play, officiate the play. Mechanics are there. They put you in the best position normally, but sometimes you have to make some adjustments and officiate what's actually happening and move with that purpose to put yourself in that position. Robert, any, uh, any comments or anybody else have anything that, from the text to, to chime in or any questions specifically? Yeah, Brian, Brian from Alaska is saying, you know, the wings definitely are gonna have to use their peripheral vision even more. Be more aware that, that that's a strength that they need to have. Uh, because mechanically, you have, you have to recognize <laughs> you know, where you, where you need, where you need to make a, a decision 
and uh, your decision may may you know like you just mentioned why now to more than just the key area like bill said you right. got the whole room baby i mean and that and you only have two sets you only have two eyes so you're going to have to be able to have, have that capacity to recognize you need that wide look absolutely you know it's funny because one of the plays we have coming up in the best practices video has uh it's an interesting play because it shows 11 i'm sorry it shows four receivers flooding the zone and then they throw it back the other way it doesn't seem fair that they would do something like that but in the end we have to be ready for anything because you just never know what's going to happen so now let's go to our let's go to our next play here and our next play once again is a pass play and like i said i like to set it up in regards to what do we have so this is a balance formation so you got one two one two so in a balance formation Normally, the back judge will go to the end on the line judge's side, but let's look at this again. Where are our competitive matchups? I don't see anything. Maybe this. That's about it, okay? So we're going to pretty much go to zone right away on this one. Now, I'd like everyone to focus in on this receiver right here. Focus in on this receiver and see what he does, and I'm going to let this play out, and I'm interested to hear what everybody thinks. So you can see it was a little short pass. So let's watch it again. You see the slot receiver right here, this slot receiver. What does he do? Does he go down and block? Does he get blocked? Does he create contact? Which causes the receiver to catch the ball? Hmm, all right. So we'll look at it one more time. We got contact, is that OPI, is it nothing? So I'm curious, you know, I kind of know, once again, I, I sometimes get to look at these plays before everybody, but uh, I'll, I'm going to ask Robert, and hopefully he had a chance to see it, Robert. Robert, and I'll show you the play again if you want, but what is your, what is your thought? You want me to show you the play again and see what you think? You don't have to show it to me again, you know, immediately, because I only get one look on a live game, right? There you go. That, that player got my attention. And I was not even looking for it. I was, I wasn't, but I was like, holy crap, man. Did I, that's a, that's a situation where I'm going to have, I'm going to have a quick discussion with that player at the end of this down. Cause I'm naturally going to go over and clean it up on the sideline. Right. So I'm going to have an opportunity and I'm going to remind that player that, that your, your restrictions on passes begin at the snap. You don't have the same, uh, you know, timing of uh, passing restrictions as a defender. So you you're not gonna you're not gonna make that contact. Do you understand me? And that's that's how I'm gonna officiate that game on that particular play, Tim. Is that a foul? Can someone can someone you know cite the rule and, and claim that's a foul? Absolutely, you can. But I don't think I'm a strong enough official uh, seeing that the first time to catch it myself. But that's that's just being honest. well, Robert. And and I appreciate I, foul. I appreciate that. Hang on, I'm a, Bill. I'm gonna get to you, Robert. I appreciate that because. You're, you're saying what you got, and, and because you might not be 100% sure. You got one shot at it, and you're like, I need this to jump out. It's got to be, you know, everybody in the world can see it. Yeah, that, that, it's questionable, but it's not quite, it's to the point where I'm not going to throw my flag because you're like, you've said, you're not going to love that flag because 
you might not have gotten the whole picture and you're not 100% sure. Because I think I, Bill, I'm sure Bill's probably going to be like, why is that a foul? I think that's what you said. Bill, is that what you said? You're like, why is that a foul? I said, that's not a foul. The pass never crossed the line of scrimmage. Oh, Bill, come on, man. Mr. I got his glasses on here. Yeah, yeah. That's, and, and, that's a and good Robert, point. That's a, that's a great point. You know, that's a great and there's point. Where, just as a thing, you need to be a little bit careful what you say to the kid. Yeah. You know, I find out first if that pass crossed the line. Yeah. And because if, if he turns around and says to you, well, hey, I can block downfield when we're throwing the ball in the backfield, you know. You know, you don't want to be on the short end of, of, of him coming back at you. No, at the same, that's a great point you're making, Bill, because you're right. And I have been schooled by a player before and say, hey, that pass, you know, and I'll say, you know, that's a great point that you made. So make sure that that pass doesn't cross the line of scrimmage then. We both understand each other. And I have no problem communicating like that with the player because I think that, you know, develops a good relationship during the contest. But no, that's a good point, Bill. Robert. So yep. that's why I, I mean, like you said, this is, you're, you're seeing this for the first time. Bill picked up on it and I'm going to go back to the video and I want to see how many people I want you. I'm going to go to the text and see how many people said, OPI, oh, that's not how many other people picked up on it, but I appreciate you not throwing. So you're going to go talk to the player, but that there's so much to be said by what you just said, because you weren't hundred percent sure you got one look at it. It looked maybe in your mind that it could have been from the back judge position. You don't know that that ball, where that ball is. And I'm going to show the play again. You're going to see it's barely at the line. And so I appreciate that. And I hope that message gets across what Robert said. It's important. You need to love your flag. You need to know it's there. You're 100% sure. We'd rather you miss it than guess. And because if you throw OPI in this one, I'm going to bring up the play right now and show exactly what happened. We're going to back it up. And you're going to see where the ball is caught. The ball is caught. Here's your line of scrimmage right here. And so the ball is actually right there. So it's caught behind the line of scrimmage. And so that block is completely legal regardless, you know, as long as it's legal contact, that that block is legal because of it being caught technically, not technically, actually behind the line of scrimmage. Even if that ball was caught, beyond the line of scrimmage let's think about this and that was my question kind of kind of uh dual look at it right now who is initiating contact it's like it's it's hard for me to tell is the defense getting ready to defend the contact is the offensive player now robert's point is that the offense is held to a higher standard because they know the route but i have a question as to who actually is going to uh, initiate contact here and if there's any doubt in my mind who's initiating contact then I'm gonna I'm passing on this one because I need to it needs to be very clear to me that the offensive player is intending to block he's intending to block and maybe he is but once again like I said I don't know it's it's tight it's close if that passes across the line of scrimmage then that's why we get paid the big bucks to make those decisions Robert any uh, comments from people out in, in the viewer land? Yeah, yes, there, there, there definitely are. Uh, let's let's start let's start with one where an official back judge throws their flag because they deem that there's a foul, and there's some officials that deem that 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 is offensive pass interference. There's nothing wrong if you truly do judge it to be offensive pass interference, and you throw your flag. 
you can have a crewmate come and pick that up for you. Meaning that a good wing, a crewmate will say, that ball never crossed the line of scrimmage. What, you know, what do you have? I have OPI. We're picking this up because that ball, again, did not cross the line of scrimmage. And that, that's acceptable. And you're going to explain that to the coach and everyone's going to understand and uh, we're going to keep moving on, which is great. So that's one point. Another point is there's uncertainty on whether or not it was the defender that created the contact or initiated the contact. And now that defender, if you were going to talk to an offensive player, you should be willing to talk to the defensive player. And that's a great point that uh, Brian made in, in Alaska. So uh, that, that is true. Yes. If you communicating with players to prevent uh, uh, and a foul infraction throughout the game is, is, is a good approach, but be, be equal. So you're going to do it for one side of the field, definitely do it for the other as well. Good. Two great points. No. And, and that is true. That's what you want to do. You want to, we want to try to do that preventive officiating going back to the point that was, it was funny because I'm glad our viewers pointed it out. What happens if the back judge does throw on this, you know, whatever that's their judgment they throw and they don't know that this happened. So our headlinesman up here, or even our line judge, I don't know if you can see him down here. These are those crew savers. This is one of those where you, your back judge has a flag. You kind of got to ask your question. You have to ask yourself why, especially the timing of the flag, because there's a good chance that, because right now it's nothing. Because if the quarterback ducks and tucks and run, it's nothing. It's nothing until the ball goes in the air. So now the ball goes in the air. Now here, okay, I got OPI. Here comes the flag. Now if I'm one of these wing officials here, right here or right here, I'm going to probably see that flag come out of my peripheral. But there's nothing else going on. So I'm going to be like, what has he got a flag for? We don't have OPI. You know, we have DPI. Do we have OPI? That's going to be my question. I'm going to ask, do we have OPI? And he's going to come in and he's going to say, I've got OPI. And as one of these wing officials, I need to step up because that is a crew saver on that case. So I'm going to go back to Bill before, uh, and then I'll jump back to Robert real quick. So Bill, you're smiling. Any other comments on this? Well, it, it's interesting because a few years back, we had a similar situation like this. And it got into the thing that I would do at clinics about, should you throw your flag and go check yourself to, if it's that close to see if the pass crossed the line? Um, or should you go not throw the flag and ask the question and, and quote, have the infamous late flag? Um, so the arguments are this way, that if, uh, if I throw the flag and um, I take and I, I go to you as the wing official and I say, did the pass cross the line? And you say, yes. Hey, great. Now I can just report it to the referee and we've got OPI. If you say no, I can pick the flag up and um, we move on with life with a, an announcement. Um, or we get the once in a lifetime thing where I ask you the question or you ask me the question and I've got deer in headlights. So now when I've got a deer in headlights response, what am I gonna do about my flag on the ground? Okay, um, and that, or do I do it the opposite way? And if it's that close, go in and ask you, you say yes, I get a flag down. You say no, I just walk back to my position. If you've got deer in the headlights, I just walk back to my position. 
um, and we, we don't flag it uh, because I can't, you know, it requires two things. It required the contact and it required to pass the cross. And if we don't know if the pass crossed the line, I don't have the evidence that'll hold up in court. You know, when I've worked this back judge position and I've seen this type of a play, to me, I guess I, I want it to jump out. Like, I, I can almost see it from the back judge's position. It's that obvious. Because if we're, like, splitting, splitting the hairs, I'll pass on it. And I'll take the heat because, I mean, I want to I have that idea. But to your point, whether, whatever you do, the late flag or the flag with the pickup or, the, you know, at some point you, somebody asks the question, hey, was that pass across the line? And it's like, don't ask in the locker room, though. That's the worst place to ask. Hey, was that pass in the first uh, half uh, over the line or not? I, I thought it might have been because you can't really do anything with it out there. So don't do that. But uh, ultimately, that's, uh, I think that's kind of a good way to handle it. One way or the other, however you're going to do it, just make sure you're on the same page as a crew. I tend to, like I said, I want it to be big like that before I go, go that route. Robert, any last comments from the text or anything like that? Yeah, there's there's one more comment, and then I have a comment. Yeah. Uh, the, we have a comment from an official from Canada that says, uh, in, in, and they're just being honest, you know, mechanics are different in Canada than they are in the United States, and uh, their mechanic is, if there's a, a pass, uh, like a screen pass to the side, they raise their arm up. Bill, have you heard that from Canada? This gentleman, Rob Christian, is commenting on it in our uh, in our chat box. Vaguely, I don't recall that, but I do recall having worked with several Canadian officials internationally. Um, a lot of unique things are done differently than, and the things we do are unique to them. So, um, yeah, but that doesn't surprise me. Great. Uh, the comment I had, Tim, to kind of add to this discussion is, you know, when, when we have, uh, you know, our, our schedule in front of us and know who we're going to officiate for the upcoming week, we need to do our due diligence and uh, study some of their offensive plays because by doing that, we recognize if we have bubble screen passes and how close to the line of scrimmage are they actually throwing those passes. So you have some insight, at least as a back judge, you have some insight. Wings should have the same type of, you know, intuitive um, understanding of that as well but by doing that now you you have you have a concept of their offensive uh, style and plays because inevitably what happens on game day is you're going to have the opposing coach that complains about this kind of stuff and uh, and and then if you're caught off guard you're going to start looking for this kind of stuff and and uh, and bottom line is you you guys as a as a crew in the locker room during the week in preparation for a game, know how you're going to communicate on the field when this happens. Just like you said, not at halftime, not at the post-game discussion, but actually before the game, so you have a good understanding how the conversation is going to flow during the game. Bill gave us two great approaches on how we could do it, and those are best practices. No, I agree. Those are very good practices. Um, so. All right, let's move on to uh, our, our final play of the night here. So uh, this is a fun one. I'm just going to let it run out. It's, it, it, we're not going to go through keys or anything. I just want to get opinions on this. Here you go. You got to pass across the middle. This guy makes a great play. He gets up, and then he does it with the ball. Boom. 
right there. So I'll play it one more time. Here you go. He makes his play across the middle. He catches the ball. He's tackled. And now he jumps up and he kind of mini spike. I don't even know. Full spike. One more time just so everybody gets a good view, it, view of it. Here we go. Guy catches. Gets up. Now, I don't know if you can catch this, but it looks like our back judge is getting ready to throw his flag. He does. I think he actually does throw his flag. My... My question on this one is basically, is this enough? Is this, some people call this a delay a game. I don't know if we're really supported by rule in high school, delay a game. Some people want to go UNS on this. I don't know. Bill, I'm going to start with you on this one. Bill, is this a UNS to you? Do you want this to be called a UNS? Yes. I've got it as a foul, especially with the player right nearby him. Uh, it wasn't directed spiked right at him, but he was letting the guy know that what a great play he made and, and what a hero he was. It was too out in the open and obvious. That's 15, and it's unsportsmanlike. All right. I, okay, I could see that. Robert, um, well, Robert's typing. Robert, yeah. you personally – do you have this as a UNS or do you want to go delay a game or do you want to talk to, or do you, is it anything? What do you got? Yeah, I got a couple things. First of all, the back judge did an excellent job getting to the goal line, the most important line. He had a good wide angle. He got to observe the entire action, which included the extra youthful exuberance at the end. And it does depend on the official. Now, I'm going to tell you how I do it, not to say anyone needs to model after it. And Bill may even educate me on how I should handle it. But this is how, this is how I work this stuff. You know, uh, being in a great position, I go up to that player real quickly. I hustle right in there, and I say, go get me the ball. He says, you get me the ball right now. And depending on how that player responds to that action has an impact on how I'm going to treat it. Because sometimes that player will just go retrieve it real quick and apologize for that. And that, that is, that's a pass. And, uh, and, and, and that's how I hope would end this situation. If that player has an attitude with me, then I have a problem with that. And depending on the situation, I myself may have a delay a game for that situation. I'm not going to give an unsportsmanlike on that one, but I definitely am going to acknowledge the fact that uh, that is a foul, and we're not going to continue that behavior during my contest. So that's how to handle it. Okay, well, I appreciate that. I'll let you get some of the other the comments yeah. from from the from the people out there. I'll tell you what I think. I respect Bill's opinion on this in regards to that. It's it looks like it was intentional and struck at him. I I don't know. I'm I'm more with Robert. I think I'm probably going to try. It's, it's borderline for me. It's really borderline in regards to how, and I don't necessarily think we should have to get the micrometer out to see how high was the spike in order to have a foul. You know, I'm not trying to say anything like that. But I think a lot of it depends on the, the, the feel of the game. What's going on? The time of the game. Is this like at the end and, and, and this foul could be significant, you know, and, and you know, fouls a fouls a foul. If you believe this to be a foul in the first quarter, it should be a foul in the fourth quarter. But even in the first quarter, I might take it, you know, or in the fourth quarter, either one, I might take a little bit of a, a breath to see, you know, really try to evaluate in regards to what I believe is happening. I don't think, I don't know if we're, like I said, I, I don't know the answer to this question. 
per se, because I, I don't think we're supported by rule in high school football to call this a delay. I mean, I guess you can, you can just say that the offensive team had action that made the ball unable to be put ready for play in a timely manner. But, you know, you got 40 seconds. So if you can go and retrieve the ball, like Robert said, he puts the ball down, can retrieve it, and you can get it off in 40, and they know they got to get it off in 40 seconds. Fine. I know I'm not doing one of these. I'm not doing one of these if I'm the referee. For sure, if that were to happen, we need to get that ball. So that's just what I'm thinking. Robert, what are you, uh, what are you hearing out there? God, great, great, great play. Got a lot of discussion tonight. Holy cow. Man, it's across the board, first and foremost. Um, there, there are a lot of officials that agree they're not throwing their flag on this one. But then you do have officials that say, Hell yes, this is high school. We need to send a message and we're throwing a flag. Now, some who say they're throwing the flag, they're not indicating exactly what the foul is, but uh, they, they have an infraction. Uh, so there, there we go to Tim. We, we are truly across the board with a lot of comments on this one. You know what? And that's fine. But now, you just whatever you're going to do, be consistent. That's all I'm asking. Whatever you do, you be consistent with it. If you're going to call... You know, yeah, you want to take game situation into effect, but if you call this in the first quarter, you call it in the fourth quarter. If you didn't call it in the first quarter, don't call it in the fourth quarter. If it's very similar, because just be consistent with what you do. I'm going to give Mr. Lemagne the last word on this one. I know he was very definitive on what he said, but Bill, I'll let you give the you get the last word on this. It, it's a power spike, uh, but anyway, <laughs> here's the thing. I'm going to. I'm going to do to tell you is, is that if that were a player when we've officiated games in Japan, when he got up, he'd come over and hand you the football. Okay. If a player in Japan did what this kid did, he wouldn't only get an unsportsmanlike conduct. He probably, the coach had probably send him to the locker room. Uh, it, it's, it's a totally different culture, but if this wasn't a power type spike, I can live live with what you're saying about talk to them or this and that, but um, you know, or I'd I'd say, all right, listen, you go get the football, and for every second it takes you to get the ball and get it back to me, it's it, that's how many yards we're gonna walk off. Because you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm but, not chasing. But Bill, but Bill, and real quick, I mean, I, I think that's a, I mean, that's kind of funny, but. I mean, I look at it, like I said, I am not doing this as a well, referee. I, would, I wouldn't give him a new 25 either. Absolutely not. If they get I that ball. Call, right. If I called it, he's going to get a 25. Well, right. You know? Exactly. <laughs> He'll get a free 25 as you go. Right. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so anyway. All right. Well, I'm going to call it a night here. I think we had some really lively, lively, good discussion. And uh, it's nice to take a little bit of time, like I said, to do some football talk some football here in April, and these are some fun plays. Actually, you know what? I'm going to show one more play. I'm going to show one more play before we go tonight, so hopefully we didn't lose anybody who's like, oh, I'm done. I don't need to hear him talk anymore. Here, I got one more play to show you, and this is one of these, these TikTok plays, and I'm going to pull it up right now. Oh, there's Robert. There's Bill. Let me pull up this play. There it is. All right, so watch this play. Now, this is from Texas, so Texas plays high school or plays college rules. They don't use the federation rules, but I want you to watch this. Everybody's wondering about hurdling and why hurdling is illegal in high school. There is why hurdling is illegal in high school. I want you to look at it again 
Now this player pops up, but look how what happens. Look what look at him. He is that does that player have any control? Look at that. That is a dangerous situation right now for that young man. Luckily, nothing happens. He lands, but he, he lands on his back and he pops up. I'm gonna show it one more time. People ask, well, why is hurdling illegal in high school? And there it is, right there. That is a dangerous situation for somebody who, you know, this is not their profession or, or they're not you know, necessarily a, a, you know, a, in college. But you can see that. That is, that's scary. Luckily, he popped right up. So, Bill, I want to thank you for being here tonight. Really appreciate it. Uh, any, uh, any final thoughts? No, oh, hey, it, you know, that young man was lucky that he popped up from that one, but he may have been feeling that one for a couple of days. Yeah, he, he definitely, uh, definitely may have been feeling that one for, for a couple of days. So, Robert, any last comments, thoughts, or anything like that? <laughs> there's still there's still many officials that are chiming in on the, you know, on that uh, end Spike. of the catch there near the goal line. Uh, but you, you know, looking at that play you just shared there, did you did you comment that it appeared that that ball did break the plane? Did you make that comment? I was uh, writing some text messages. Despite oh, mean, the fact that he hurdled, despite the fact that he got hit, it looked it like did. the ball broke the plane. It did break the plane. They called it yeah. a touchdown. They called they it. A did, touchdown. They did. And and but that's the reason why. Awesome athletic play. But when you see that player, I mean, he's upside down. And so people wonder why high school rule hurdling is not legal. And if you see a play like that in high school, you really ought to consider calling it because that's why it's there. It's it's for the safe. It's a safe. Well, you're going to call that nit, nitpicky stuff, but you won't call a spike. Nice call. <laughs> uh, I mean, that kid, that kid would have cleared the crossbar if it was in the end, in the middle of the end zone. <laughs> Well, I don't, I don't think a spike ever, uh, well, unless it was spiked at them, I don't think it ever, you see a guy's head upside down going down, but touche, Bill. You got your point uh, in. I got it. I got it. All right. So any other thing, know, any other last comments? Go the, ahead, the only last, The only last takeaway I have, and, and, and please excuse me because, again, I'm coming in from Europe, a lot of pints in my blood, but, you know, here we're at, we're in April. And, and we're talking football, which is awesome. It gets the blood flowing really well. But it also does give us some insight on how us officials do have different viewpoints, approaches to these situations. And, yep. and I think MIBT is, is here to help us kind of guide what we need to be uh, you know, factoring into this decision. You know, that's... Tim, and help me, and Bill, help me with this. Do we want to say to our membership what we expect? Or, you know, how, how, how are we having MIBT, uh, you know, communicating to us officials who are eager to understand what we should be doing, making it clear so that we have that, that message for us on our game day? Well, and that... You know, I understand your, what you're saying is that, okay, so like that play, that, that the spike play, you know, we don't, yeah. we don't agree. I come, I've got one thing, you've got another, Bill's got another. So if you're the official out there looking for guidance, what yes. do you do? And yeah, that's, that's just it. And in the end, unfortunately, <laughs> I think Bill's got some really good points. 
and Bill, Bill's points are valid. So if, if I look at that situation again, and I believe what Bill said, that it was a spike down to the ground, and that's 15, and I see it happen, I'm going to say, all right, I'm going to think about what Bill said. And yeah, all right, maybe I would not have gone that much because I see his point. It's high school football. I see the points of others. It's high school football. All right, maybe I'm going to, I'm going to go with a flag on this one. But I think every situation, we try to present situations so that people can try to develop their own judgment. We're never going to come to a total agreement on plays that are, are borderline. You know, that potentially are borderline. Now, now you ask Bill, Bill says that's not borderline. You ask you, I always thought it was borderline. There, it's, so it's hard to kind of, that's the, the gray area. We had a, our, our, our thing we did last year, a couple years ago, the best practice was called the gray area. Because of that, there's a lot of gray area. Bill, I'm going to let you talk about the gray area. I mean, I know sometimes as officials, we want to try to all be the same, but it's just not possible. Nobody's the same, really. I mean, no football player's the same, no official's the same. Here's, here's to me, the key thing about it is whether it's this play or other plays, and we'll put them in the gray area, that I want to take and know before I work my next game, I don't want to make the judgment. I don't want to make judgment calls on the field. I want to have as many things in this box or this box before I walk out on a football field so that all I'm doing is recognizing what happened and deciding whether it's going in this box or that box. Um, the more judgments I have to make on the field, the harder it is. So I want to prep myself and by watching plays like this. So when this play happens in your game, regardless of what position you take on this, I want you to be prepared so it's not a judgment call you're reacting to what happened and saying, this is the bucket that I'm putting it in. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to find a, the bucket to put these things in. And we're not, we're, like you said, we're not going to always agree on everything, but the key thing will be is our crew better be consistent on this. And like you said, we need to be consistent from the first quarter to the fourth quarter uh, on these things, but uh, make sure we're consistent on these type of calls within our crew. No, I, I agree. Robert, does that answer your question? That, that answers it perfectly. I think that was the best answer. I'm, I, in all sincerity, that was the greatest answer. And I got a golden nugget out of that. I want the least amount of judgment decisions that I need to make, uh, you know, already accounted for. Hopefully I didn't freeze. If I froze. I'm oh, sorry. you're there. You're not frozen. I got you. Okay. Okay, good. But even if our membership who's, who's tuning in tonight are saying exact, you know, they're saying, Robert, MIBT, Tim, Bill, we use this discussion so that we can apply it in our game. So they, they put a lot of merit with MIBT. And, and, uh, and that's a big tribute to you, Tim and Bill, for, for your, your viewpoints and best practices, because they are really thirsty for what you have to say on these situations. And that's wonderful the way, the way Bill said it. I thought that was excellent. No, absolutely, Bill. And that's perfect. The bucket, uh, putting it in a bucket, that's kind of, whoa, that's kind of a thing that we've heard in other aspects of life too, you know, being able to, to use that analogy, I think is great. That's what we're trying to do here. But guess what? We'll try to do it again next month because we are out of time, as they say. 
I want to try to keep these to an hour because we, I mean, we want to, we can keep going and going and going, but we're going to talk about next month. And then, uh, and so we'll be back next month. You don't want to miss it. So Robert, thank you for being here. Really appreciate it. And Thanks then, for having me, everyone. Thank you everyone for joining and chiming in and contributing to this wonderful discussion. All right. Thank and you. then Bill, thank you, sir, for being here. Not a problem. Glad to help out. I'm glad you were able to help out as well. So I'm Tim Keeper from MBTOnline.com. We'll be back next month talking about this, but don't worry, you're on our email list. We you call the week. I talk about what we're talking about. You get that every week. We talk, we tell you what's going on, so that way you're up to date with everything going on here at MBTOnline.com. Thank you for being here tonight. Appreciate it. Thank you for taking some time. If you watched it on demand, thank you for doing that as well. Thank you for being a subscriber. We'll catch you next month right here at MBTOnline.com. Till then, so long.